0: Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 For the life of the flesh is in the blood I have given it to you upon the altar To make an atonement for your souls For it is the blood that maketh an atonement For the soul and, uh, So <clears throat> We all know Man mm was created by God in His image and in His likeness. But God gave us something that the animals didn't have. He gave us a soul. And He gave us free will because He wanted us to choose to serve Him and live for Him. And As a matter of fact, Joshua says, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I can't make Juanita do anything. She can't make me do anything. I just have to choose today to do what I'm going to do for the Lord. And so this verse says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And it goes on down and it says to make an atonement for your souls for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul and uh, <clears throat> pray for us for just a little while i'd like to get to the lord but when we're born into this world we're born into an innocent and uh, i truly believe that a child that uh, doesn't know sin if something were to happen to that child that it would go right on into heaven this life is over. The first funeral I ever stood, I stood in front of a five-year-old child. And, uh, <coughs> there comes a point in every man, woman, boy, girl life where we realize what sin is and that we are sinner. It's inevitable. It can't be helped. I don't care how good we try to live or how close we try to live or how, how much we try to hold on to our children or things of that nature, so there comes a point, and I've heard some people say, well it's 12 years old or well it's this year old or that year old, it's when you realize you're in danger of hell, whether it's 5 or 85, when you realize that hell is real and you could go there. You're a sinner. And the only way to escape that awful place is through the atonement of the blood. And so we read about Adam and Eve, and you pray for a few minutes. We Read about Adam and Eve and how they were placed in the garden. They had one purpose, and that was to dress it and to keep it. And you all know what happened, you Bible readers. You've heard that story, how that Eve was tempted by the serpent, and she partook of the fruit, and did eat, and gave it to her husband, and he did eat, and sin was introduced to mankind, and from that point forward, blood was required. We read where that God killed animals and provided hides to cover their nakedness. Blood had to be shed because man had committed sin. And so from that point forward, blood was required. And we can read down through. I remember reading about Abraham and Isaac. And they wanted to give a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. And so Abraham, the Bible says God didn't tempt Abraham. And he showed him the place where he was supposed to take Isaac and sacrifice him. And when he got to the place where he could see it, it was about three days journey off. And he told the men that were with him to stay right there. He said, I and the lad go to worship. And that's not all he said. He said, we shall return. That's how much confidence Abraham had in God. We have very living in this day and age, don't we? Now you pray on for a little while. And so, when Abraham reached the spot, going up the mountain, Isaac said, well, here's the wood and the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide. And we read where Abraham stretched Isaac out, and... <clears throat> Had the wood there, and he laid Isaac on the wood and drew the knife back and would have taken Isaac's life had not God spoken. And God spoke to him, said, Wait a minute, there's a ram tied up right over there in, in the, in the bushes. And you take that and you make that your sacrifice. And the ram's blood was a sacrifice for Isaac. Blood was required. And if we're saved, when we're saved, Blood is required. Now we read about where men took their sacrifices to the priest for their sin, and they would take the best that they had, uh, uh, the cattle or the sheep or turtle doves or whatever it was, and they took that animal and they sacrificed it and they took the blood, the priest did and he took it in upon the altar of the mercy seat, and he spread the blood out. And if the priest was living the way he was supposed to be living, and did the things that the Lord was supposed to, that he wanted, the Lord wanted him to do, and the folks had brought their very best, then the sacrifice would be accepted, and the blood would, be, would cover atonement for them. For a year, but they had to always go back and they always had to give more. And so it was a blood that was required. Now we've gotten to where the point today where folks that worship, folks church folks, they don't want to remember the sacrifice. They don't want to remember. And listen, just because we're saved, that doesn't mean that we've done all we're supposed to do. Did you know that? The Lord required a little bit of sacrifice on our hive. What are you saying, preacher? Well, let me give you some scripture for that. You pray for just a few minutes, John. I'd like for the Lord to really use me. He, he said this present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He expects us to give the best that we've got. Amen? And now I didn't hear many amens on that. The Lord expects your best. That's all that He will accept. He will accept no less. Where, where are you getting that at, preacher? Remember when the Lord went into the temple and he saw the folks there selling turtle doves. The reason they were there selling turtle doves is because the Israelites had gotten too lazy. They had gotten too dependent on someone else and they were just paying, shoving some money in there to buy a sacrifice so they didn't have to give the best that they had. I don't care if Jim gives a million dollars in church. If that's not his best, the Lord will ever accept it. I'm telling you today, the Lord wants the very best that you've got. And it it requires the best. That's all that will work. And the blood that was shed at Calvary is the best. There's none other that will work. It's the one that will cover my sin and your sin. And we are to praise the Lord that He was willing to go and pay the price of your sin to shed His blood on Calvary so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. There's something special. There's something unique. There's something precious about the blood of Jesus. Amen. You pray on. I've had a rough week, but that's all right. I'll praise the Lord anyway. All right. The blood. It's an atonement for our sin. The blood. New Testament. Same meaning, different words. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It just can't happen. I've seen folks, and you have too, they'll join a church, they'll put a smile on their face, they'll go for a little while, they'll make a profession, but there's no possession. There's no real change. You can't get atonement without the blood. Now pray on for a little while. I don't mind to talk to you. When you're in trouble and you need somebody to talk to, I don't mind to talk to you. But I can't forgive you, sin. I don't mind to give you some sound advice or something like that. But the the only way you'll get from earth to glory is through the blood of Jesus. There is no other way. You can't make it any other way. The, uh, the Lord, when he comes back, won't ask for the church roll at Dutch Bottoms. He's already got you. When a, birth, uh, when a birth happens, you parents know you get a piece of paper from the state, don't you? It names the mother, it names the father, and it names the child. And it's a birth certificate that records the official date that that child was born. Whenever the blood was shed at Calvary, it gave us the right to be born again through the blood of Jesus. And whenever a child is born in the house of God and in God's family, a date is recorded. A name is recorded in the Lamb's book of life. There's space waiting. There's empty space for all humanity. Did you know that God thought enough of you and me when he created? Oh, we talked about how no man can open the book or loosen the seals thereof. Just think about when God created the book itself before time ever existed, before Adam drew the first breath. God created a book with you in mind. He reserved a spot in the book of life just for you. And if your name is never recorded in that book, it's not God's fault. It's because you've rejected the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary. Well do you it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what the book says, the blood. I know there's folks who have tried to go around that. And I know there are churches today, if you come as a sinner, they will take you into a room and they will counsel you. And they will say, repeat this and you'll be saved. I can't say the prayer John said, and it worked for me. I have to pray from here. I have to pray for Mike. We used to sing this song. Now you pray for me for a little while longer. I'd really, really like to get where the Lord would have me to be with this. We used to sing this song. I believe Don mentioned it just the other day. Into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. I didn't say those words. I just said, Jesus, please save me. But he knew what I meant. He knew where I was praying from. And he knew what I wanted. And when I asked with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, he came in. You know what happened when I got saved? Preacher, what happens when you get saved? All that sin was washed away in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, preacher, I don't know. I don't understand all that. That's okay. You don't have to. All you have to do is want it, ask, and you shall receive. All right. Blood. Now, science says, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there might be some medical folks here that could tell you, we have about five pints of blood at any given time in our body. The carnal mind would say, how is five pints of blood enough for all humanity? The Savior's blood was enough to cover everybody. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You can't get around the blood. Let me just say, maybe I made mention of this. We have some, some big churches, they will take folks off that are sinners. They want to counsel and things of that nature. Let me tell you this to any man that would come up any other way, the same is as a thief and a robber. There's only one way to get to earth from glory. To get to earth from earth to glory and that's through the blood of Jesus. You have to go that way there is no other way. His name and at his name every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is the king of kings and lord of lords to the glory of God the father. Oh and I want to say this. You could ask anybody do you want to go to heaven? Their automatic answer is yes. But if they're going to go, they have to go through the blood. There is no other way. I don't know how to get there, preacher. I've heard the story about Calvary's hill. I've heard about the man Jesus. I've heard about how they beat him and smote him about the head. How that they plucked his whiskers. I've heard how that they beat him with a lash and cut his, cut his back and blood poured out. I've heard about how they nailed him. How they put the crown of thorns on his head. And all that. You know what all that was the result of? All that resulted in blood. The reason that Jesus had to endure what he had to endure was because blood had to be shed because I was a sinner, and the only way to wash it away was through the blood of Jesus. Yeah. The thought of this. Years ago, if there was an issue and they thought someone was guilty, an eyewitness could say, I saw that person, they would take that person's word, and you could be convicted. Sometimes people look alike, light varies, our eyesight is not what it's supposed to be, and someone I thought I was sure I saw may have been someone totally different, and people were mistaken. Then they got to where they would take fingerprints because they thought that everybody's fingerprint was unique and individual, but even they made mistakes with things like that. So now when we see uh, court TV and things of that nature, or if you're asked to do jury duty or something like that, we automatically assume that there will be a link that proves that person's guilt. And the link that we look for in this day and age is DNA. And you know where that DNA comes from? It comes from blood, doesn't it? Oh, so if I am redeemed, if I'm a child of the King, there's only one way to prove that, and that's through the blood of Jesus. If you want to know how I'm going to get from mercy and glory, it's because I've got a father that passed on his DNA to me. I'm a Christian by the grace and blood of Jesus Christ. is no other way. Uh, you can't be good enough and go to heaven. I don't know, I guess, I was about eight when I got saved, Jared may maybe close to that, maybe a little older. I hadn't done anything. Let me just relay this to you. I hadn't done anything mean, but by hearing about the preached word of God, by hearing the preacher preach that you must be born again, about Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary, and then seeing the countenance of those under the spirit and power of God, that's how I realized I was a sinner. Conviction set upon my heart. I realized I was a sinner. I was in danger. I was afraid if I closed my eyes and didn't wake up that I would die and go to hell. And so I asked Jesus and he saved me. Now not long after that, that was in July, August, somewhere around in there, before I went into my third grade year of school. Not long after that, they were, and Marty and Juanita's lived in White Pine all their lives, they know what I'm talking about. years ago they had a Halloween parade and they would charge us children a dime to get to march in the parade. And you know what? The day that they took up the money so that you could march in the parade, you know who didn't have their money? This old boy right here. And you know what I did? I wanted to go so bad. You know how kids are. I wanted to go so bad. There was a little girl that sat behind me it had her dime laying out on the desk. And you know what I did? I took that so that I could march. And I felt so, so, so guilty. The next day at school, I had to give that dime back. I had to, I had to pay that little girl back. I had to tell her I was sorry. I had to tell my teacher that I was sorry. You know what caused that? i have been saved. Amen. The Lord will tell you when you're right and you're wrong. Right. The sins that I had whenever I was saved, the sins that I had when Jesus saved me were covered by the blood. But if you commit a sin after that you're saved, you're responsible for payment. Did you know that? We don't let no man live it to himself, no man die to himself. And I, I'm paying for things right now, Jim. That I've done a long life's way that I knew were wrong. And I'm still having to make the payment. Oh, but I'm telling you today, if I had to do it all over again, if I had to trust Jesus, I'd run to the cross. I'd run to where the blood was flowing down. I'd do my best to get right there under the cross because there's no other atonement for sin than the blood. it was necessary that Jesus shed his blood because he knew you would need salvation. He knew you would need a savior. Isaac needed blood to be saved. His life was in jeopardy. Knife was drawn back and Isaac needed blood, or his life was going to be taken from him. And so God provided a ram. I was in danger. I was afraid of dying and going to hell. And so God provided a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, for a sinner like me. His name was Jesus. And so let me say this, and then I'll hush. I know it's a complicated world and things like that. But when Jesus comes back, and i preach this, and you know it very well, there will not be a section in heaven for Baptists. If you're depending on your Baptist church membership to go to heaven, you're in for a rude awakening. Amen. If you're depending on being a church of God or Presbyterian or Methodist or Mormon or whatever I hate to disappoint you you'll not have your own separate section as a matter of fact strangers won't be there as a matter of fact tosters won't be there Poles won't be there really there will only be one family that goes to heaven did you know that only one family that goes to heaven, and you got to be a blood relative to get in. We read about Noah and his family. Who got on the ark? Did Noah's neighbors make it? Nope, not a one of them. Did Noah's best friend make it? No, not a one. Only Noah's family made it on the ark, didn't they? When they cried, peace and safety, sudden destruction came upon them. It rained. Noah and his family got in, and God shut the door. And I can just see those folks that pass by Noah every day laughing because he was working and wasting his life away, when the water was up to their ankle and up to their knees, and up to their waist, beating on that heart, but Noah couldn't hear them because he was saved in the heart that God and empty created. When we leave this country, when the Lord comes back and we step up on the clouds, I don't believe we'll be worried about one that didn't make it. And if you have the blood... You'll fly on that day. Oh, if you have the blood of applied, if you're a child of the King, if you belong to a royal family, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, a peculiar people, whatever, oh, preacher, I'm afraid of airplanes. You won't need one anyway because you're going to fly. You'll rise to meet him in the earth. Who we meet, we'll meet the Savior. And so shall we ever with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've had the blood applied. I'm going that way when this life is over. Only one family. You won't have to stick my finger. You won't have to put a needle and draw a vial and run it and compare it. He'll say you've been faithful over a few things. Enter into to the joys of the Lord. He'll be like the... It's how I believe it. You remember how we read about the prodigal's father? It says he saw him coming a long way off, didn't he? And he ran to meet him. That old boy was nasty. He'd been in the hog pen. He stunk. Ain't none of us perfect either, are we? And I'll just tell you. There have been times I've led a life that stunk. And I've disappointed my father. And I've let him down. But I believe when Jesus comes back on the cloud, God will be there. We'll say welcome. Welcome home. I know you've been through trials and tribulations so I fixed a special place just for you. (laughs) a place where there ain't no pain or heartache or death you get here through the blood you're my child and I've made a home for you when this life is over I've got a place for you where you can be at rest at peace, no more heartache no more pain, no more death why? because you're my family my blood and I love you I've seen how earthly parents are. I'm about done. I've seen how earthly parents are. It's okay. There are some men so trifling, they'll father a child tonight to keep from having to pay child support. And they have to get a paternity test to prove it. I hope you don't need one for this child. I hope I look so much like him. I act so much like him. I sound so much like him. I do things like he does that you can't deny I not his children. I dress, how about this? Oh. A dress like him. Amen? I walk like him. I love like him. I want to be so much like him that when you see me coming, you'll say, that's his boy. That's his right there. I'd know him anywhere. Marvin knows what what I'm talking about. There's some unique characteristics and features of our family. It's been passed down. I hope that I've got some special features that come from my heavenly father. When you look at me, they just can't be denied. All through that DNA, all through that blood. Oh, preacher, that's an ugly, ugly sight when you begin to preach about the blood and you apply it. I don't apply it, he does. Amen. If I did, I'd be selective. I not just put it on the tips of my fingers or the toes or the soles of my feet where I could wash it off. He covered me, he? he knew how nice that was how black was sin my life was? He covered me in it. So let me get this in the hush. I know I'm not that busy, but Lord, help me a little bit tonight. Remember when they had him at Pilots Hall? There was a tradition That they would release someone to the Jews. I believe it was at the Passover, if I'm not mistaken. So they brought Barabbas, a man that was no doubt guilty. He had committed murder, insurrection. If you don't know what that is, that means stirring up trouble. Standing against the government. Going against what the government stood for and taught. And Barabbas was absolutely, without a doubt, guilty of that. He knew what lay in store for him. He knew what his life held. And he knew that there probably wasn't much hope. But they brought Barabbas up. up, And they brought this man, Jesus, up. And Pilate said, Who will you that I shall release unto you? and they said give us Barabbas and he said how about this man Jesus and they said away with him crucified. give us Barabbas and Pilate was, was concerned Pilate was torn up on the inside and he went finally and he took a bowl of water and he took his hands and he washed the bowl washed his hands in the bowl of water in front of everybody and then he turned to the crowd and he said he said I'll, I'll release a tuber Barabbas and they said give us Barabbas and he said this man's blood be on you and on your children and they said that's fine with us, give us Barabbas his blood be on us and on our children, thanks be to God, it's on me I'm covered in it and it's uh, got plenty for my children and for your children and for the children here tonight and for the children at of Dutch bottom Thanks be to God. We're covered in the blood. Amen. Yeah. <coughs> so how about this? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul? Cleanse the blood of the Lamb. All right. Figure this one out. I mentioned crimes and things of that nature. You know the only thing that just about can't be destroyed is the blood stain? So you tell me this. How could Jesus take something that's nasty, filthy, blackened, covered with sin? And take red blood. John used used to be a butcher. No doubt. Pegs had to use a lot of bleach. To get the blood stains out. Where you carved meat and things of that nature. How did Jesus. Take red blood. And make garments. White as snow. (laughs) That's what the blood can do. That's the power of His blood. We don't have to no longer bring our best animal, our best goat, our best cow. Jesus went in and was the sacrifice one time for all humanity. And so I've had to preach this a lot lately. I don't understand why. I don't get it whatsoever. But if the Lord gives it to me, I'm going to preach it. How many times did Jesus go to the cross? He went one, didn't He? And one was enough. What the Lord does, He does right. And when He saves you, it's for eternity. Because His blood can't be washed off. What He does, He does forever. Now I could go out here take a gun and a mask and rob a bank or up somewhere or something like that, and they'd arrest me. My name be thrown all over the news and the paper. I'd bring shame to my family's name. But if my father and my mother disown me today, and say I want nothing to do with that child any longer, no matter what they do, DNA, Blood would still link them to me throughout all eternity. If I never walk through the doors again. Some of you ain't going to like what I'm about to say. If I never walk through the doors again. If the next time you see me, I'm laying dog drunk. if you next time you see me, I've got a needle stuck up my arm and I don't even know I'm in the world. Blood will prove I still belong to him. I'm still his. Folks, just because I'm stupid, just because I make mistakes, doesn't mean he does. I'm his child. I'm his child. I'm his child. Now, the book was written thousands of years ago. I mentioned to you the prodigal. The Bible says he wasted his substance on righteous living. I don't know what the prodigal did, but if it was in this day and age, he probably spent every dime he had on, on, on meth, on crack, on alcohol, on harlots, threw it away and wasted it. I don't know what he did. The Bible says he wasted it on righteous living. But when he, come, when he come walking down the, the road, the father still owned him, didn't he? He still belonged there. When he got back to the father's house, where was he? He was home. I'm telling you today. Well, I've got to preach this. I never thought I'd preach this out of it. There was another one, wasn't he? A brother. He stayed right there with Dad. He worked every day in the fields. He worked the team of mules or whatever that they had, farmed, broke the ground. Made the harvest, this, that, and the other. He never left the father's side. And he got a little jealous whenever the brother that had wasted half of what they had came back and the father killed the fatty and calf, gave him the best ring, the best robe, put new shoes on his feet. The brother got a little jealous, didn't he? It didn't matter because that was still the father's son. You can't lose it, folks. Once you're saved, the blood is there throughout all eternity. And if we believe the Revelation's verse that says the book is sealed within or without and no man can open it or loosen the seals thereof, then we did to believe that we're saved, saved, saved forever. Amen. If you disagree... I'm not going to argue with you. Because some sinners are going to see us and say, look, these foolish church people. If you disagree, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to preach you what God gives me. And I'm going to back it up with evidence from the King James Version Bible. Oh. If you're not a little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's not a thing in the world to be afraid of, not a thing to be scared of with God. I've preached this a lot lately. God is love, right? You know what else the Bible says about that kind of love? Perfect love casteth out all fear. So when you come to the Lord and you ask him to save you, You're just doing the most pleasing thing you could ever do. God is so pleased. Let me tell you how pleased. I know this is not about the well it is. (coughs) You want to know how happy the Father is going to be when you fall down on your knees and say, Jesus, please save me. He's going to be so happy that the angels in heaven are going to rejoice. Because I've got the better one under the blood. A lot of people think they can just pour it in this collection plate and the Lord will let them buy. A lot of people think they can attend church faithfully, they can work hard for their church, and the Lord will let them by. Was that good enough for Nicodemus? I believe Jesus himself told him he must be born again. How's a child conceived? Through blood. How's a child identified to the parents? Through the blood. Folks, it's a blood bought way. ask me why I'm happy, I'll just tell you why, because my sins are gone, They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary as far removed as darkness is from dawn, in the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me, that's why my sins are gone, the blood is what does it, you may like me, I hope you do shaking my hand will not get you one inch off the earth. There's never been, you had some great, wonderful pastors right here. Manson Lee, there's some of you, you got saved under his preaching. He didn't save you. if you ask him, he'd tell you. Doug Sale, wonderful man of God. He didn't save you. He had shaken his hand wouldn't have got you one inch off the ground. Barry Warren, wonderful man of God. You've heard John's testimony that Barry was the pastor when he got saved right there. Barry didn't save you. How'd you get saved? How'd you get that sin off of you? Through the blood. Jesus. The blood of Jesus. His his blood saves you. His blood washes away your sin. You may have had friends that said, I'll be with you you get stuck in a tight spot you let me know I'll be right there and then whenever the rubber met the road they were nowhere to be found but Jesus loves you so much he took your place at Calvary he paid your sin debt with his blood so that you don't have to go to hell all you've got to do is ask and he'll wipe your sins away and you that Oh, so You just think of what he went through. We read about where he was in the garden. And he had the cup. He said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will. He was human, folks. Not as I will. Who wants to be spit on? Who wants to be made a mockery of? Who wants to be beaten? He was human. He said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And it was Jesus. (laughs) I thought of this the other day, and I told you. You Listen to this song that says, he loves me like I was his only child. I'm glad he didn't make me do what he made his only child do. He sent Jesus to Calvary to pay the price and give his blood. He died and rose again so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. The price of your salvation was blood. The blood of Jesus. The only way to have atonement is through the blood. The woman that we read about with the issue of blood, remember her? She had tried many physicians. You may have tried a lot of different things. Pills and psychiatry and the bottle drugs, whatever. You may have tried popularity. There's lots of people think if everybody knows who they are and they're well-liked, they'll be okay. There are even religions that say if you're a good friend and a good neighbor and you go out of your way, they, they think that they can work their way into heaven. Not so. Works are a byproduct of salvation. They're not a substitute. She tried many physicians and grew none the better, but rather grew worse. When did she resolve her issue of blood? When she met the man, Jesus. If you're lost, you've got an issue about blood. And the only way that issue will be resolved, will be fixed, is if you go to Jesus to save you. That's the only way you can get it. Right. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul.